Hi, welcome to the Dreamcatchers. We are sisters and business partners, Marissa Klein K and Jamie Klein Stozer. We know a little something about dreaming big. In our day jobs, we run the fashion and media division of our family staffing firm in New York City, Choice Associates. We have built a brand around helping others and good energy. Known in our personal and professional worlds as lightworkers, igniters, and most of all believers, Jamie and I are not only dreamers, but we are doers, and we hope our energy is contagious. On this podcast, we will be chatting to each other and to some of our favorite dream catchers, the people who inspire us not only about career, but about making magic wherever they go. On What's Your Story, we will focus on real people with killer jobs and talk about how they got where they are today. Thanks for joining us. Subscribe now and follow us on social media at Dreamcatchers23 for updates and episodes. Welcome back to the Dreamcatchers, everyone. Good evening. It's been a while since we podcasted at night. Um, I had admittedly some trouble with my ring light tonight. Am I too dark? Do I feel dark to you? Marissa? No, you look sultry. Do I do? Okay, thank you. Um, your, hair is probably, awfully, your hair is awfully dry. My hair. I literally said to Sean when he got on, I was like, this is the life of a working parent. Like I literally was in the shower at 6.58. Like it's, that's <laughs> no. just the truth. Um, but I was logged in and my video was off. Um, welcome to Sean Jay. I'm so happy to have you here. We're going to talk about Sean in a moment. Have you introduced yourself to our audience? We are live on Facebook. If you see me looking down, it's because I also act as our social coordinator here, trying to just make sure that people know we're live in case they want to tune in. Um, so I'm going to just do that while we are chatting. So we have Sean here tonight and I wanted to take a minute um, and just do some housekeeping to start. So for those of you that know, obviously, and those of you that don't know, we have three pillars of our podcast. We have one called What's Your Story, where we just interview people that we think have a cool career journey, career story. And typically it's in the corporate world where we talk about somebody's kind of climbing of the ladder. Then we have something called what's the matter, where we talk about a specific matter or subject. And then we have something called what's the word, where we actually interview somebody about a word that we feel is inspiring about them and and about their business. And then we talk about what that word might mean as a mantra to them. So when I received Sean's application to be on our podcast, which shameless plug, Sean found us, which we're going to talk about in a moment. Marissa and I have spent 20 years in our lives and all of our businesses hustling and selling. And it is a nice, beautiful breath of fresh air to get solicited by someone else. So Sean found us, which we'll talk about in a moment. And when we saw his bio, I wanted to create a whole new pillar because I thought it was so cool. But we have decided to do a What's Your Story because we just wanted to unpack Sean's story. We think it is awesome. We think you you will find it really, really inspiring and cool um, because he has a really incredible career. So Marissa, did you have anything you wanted to share? I was trying to to dig up um, unsuccessfully because I'm not a great digger. Um, I think that this is our 75th podcast. I'm not sure. I just went, I I went to look on the app and obviously can't see the numbers because why would I? be able to do that. I would need to ask Quickly. Sean to help me figure that out. <laughs> um, so I think also, you know, you joked about having another pillar and I read something this week somewhere. It seeped into my conscious 
about how many more people are trying to establish a career in non-traditional forms. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? You know, I mean, I think the last decade pre-COVID may have been about fitness and health. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a scientist and I'm not, I'm not, I don't have a, this is more of just like my personal opinion based on professional experience, but you know, I don't know uh, what the article was going for other than the fact they were talking more about spiritual counseling or entertainment with spirituality and, or, you know, dot, dot, dot magic, um, and, or things that were just outside of the tradition of what we normally think of. I mean, no one really works a nine to five anymore, but as Dolly would say, a quote unquote nine to five. So I read this and of course there's a lot of stuff in the media about career, usually in January and February, because January and February is such exciting months. Um, but it was well-timed with Sean's appearance because perhaps it is a, a, a telling moment to say that there is a pillar of the dream catchers telling stories about people that do things outside the traditional box, mm-hmm. um, not just entrepreneurial, not just corporate, not just terrific leaders, but chasing dreams that are just a little bit different. Um, yeah. So anyway, Sean, take the stage or take the mic, if you will, introduce yourself, tell us who you are, what titles you go by, and you know your mini, your mini elevator pitch to open, open our conversation. Okay, here we go. We're going from zero to the hundredth floor like that. <laughs> I'm Sean Jay. I'm based in Raleigh, North Carolina. I started, I followed, I followed my passion basically, started uh, professionally performing as a magician, a sleight of hand artist when I was 12 years old. So that means I've probably been doing this, I guess, for like three or four years now. <laughs> totally. That's what people tell me, but I, I, I've actually uh, been doing this for, wow, coming up on 19 years and no, 20 years, 20 yeah. years. Oh my goodness. And uh, I've been uh, very blessed to have uh, a lot of support from my mother along the way. Uh, I'm not afraid to mention that. Uh, she has been a huge catalyst of, of my success, just, just being purely f- through the support. And so is she with- on, is she watching right now? And you're, she has to drop <laughs> off in like five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if she's watching I'm just, this. I'm just I don't kidding. know, but I uh, I'll make sure she gets to see it. Um, I'm I'm just here in my in my in my studio here, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I I had very humble beginnings as a as a street performer, uh, performing just for tips at the age of twelve at local art festivals, and gradually people started to ask me, "Do I have a website? Can I book you for my event?" And then it turned out I manifested a website. That's its own story. And people now book me for private parties, corporate events. I perform all over the U.S. Uh, this is my third season in a row on Masters of Illusion on the CW Network. It's a national TV show, uh, same network as Penn and Teller's show. Um, been on Fox MasterChef as a special guest, doing magic with food, combining one of my my two passion, two of my passions. Uh, I combine a lot of other passions in my show, though. So people, event planners, hire me to make their events less boring, more exciting, and way more interactive. Mm, I love that. How cool is that? I mean, I mean Sean's a magician. Like how good cool night, everybody. Yes. Good night. 
Um, so we didn't even say any of that. Obviously, we wanted Sean to say it, but you know, uh, we are just thrilled to be able to talk to someone that has made a career out of such a passion because I think Marissa and I are doing the same thing. Um, we, as you obviously learned from researching us and when we spoke the first time, Sean, on the phone, um, Marissa and I are career experts, coaches, recruiters, and podcasting has become, you know, a started as a little bit of a hobby, now became a little bit more of a career um, piece to our puzzle. And it is a passion of ours. It's something that we love doing. Marissa, as we always say, which we'll talk about next about what you want to be when you grow up, uh, Marissa wanted to be a newscaster, right? So she's not really a newscaster, but here she is on air delivering a message, which is a really cool thing to be able to say that we can do as part of our living, which is, you know, it's pretty awesome. And thanks to me. Um, Anyway, so we are thrilled to have you today for What's Your Story. We're going to ask you a couple of questions about your past and how you got to where you are and how you got to do this professionally, which we got a little bit of that just now in your elevator pitch. Um, Our favorite first question, you know, being that we are the dream catchers and we talk about chasing dreams and catching dreams and dream jobs. um, We like to talk about what people wanted to be when they grew up. Now, granted, we now learned that you were already practicing magic at 12. Is a magician what you wanted to be when you grew up? And if not, is there any other memory that you have as to what you wanted to be professionally? Yes, I have multiple memories. Uh, prior to magic, I actually wanted to be a professional skateboarder. Okay. And that cool. I, I was talked out of that one uh, by my parents due to the very physically dangerous nature of that and me uh, going to a skate park when I was around that same age, like eight, between eight and 10 and attempting to drop in on the ramp and going straight backwards and busting <laughs> my, you know what, mm-hmm. uh, and many other things that got smashed and hit in the process. So, uh, yeah, I, I wanted to be a professional skateboarder. I was really into Tony Hawk and all those PC games. I grew up on that. Then, um, I mean, I was into martial arts uh, at a very young age, actually, ever since I was in diapers, actually. Um, And then there were some dreams and aspirations about doing something in the martial arts world, I believe. Um, But yeah, those are the, yeah, martial arts, skateboarding. It's all just an extension of art. Skateboarding isn't, is an art. If you look at Mm -hmm. people like Rodney Mullen, who invented all of the street tricks um, and then I, I was always an artist as a uh, drawing. I, I would do highly detailed pencil drawings. I would go to the library and just sit there with a the sketch pad and draw anime, draw comic books. And so it was probably one of those three things. But I, I guess I guess magic really stuck when I was 12 and it just hit home for me. That's awesome. And, you know, just I, I just have to say, which we didn't get a talk, chance to talk about before we got on air, based on something that you just said. When I met, I just have to sidebar for a moment. When I first met Ming, we came into his studio to do our first ever podcast. We were being interviewed on somebody else's. And she, our friend, Carrie Balog, who does Brand Groupies, which is a brand podcast that we love. Hi, Carrie. Um, And she had us on and we walked into his studio. And admittedly, like Marissa admitted before we came on, she said that she didn't have a lot of prep on Sean because she wanted to actually genuinely ask him these questions. And I didn't really do much prep on Ming. So I go into his studio and I was like, all right, here I go into this podcast studio, which 
that's a story for another day because we had never really done podcasting. We didn't listen to podcasts. We were like, what's a podcast? Okay, now we're like obsessed with podcasting, obsessed with podcasters. And Ming has this amazing studio with all this incredible paraphernalia and comic book stuff and collector's items, which my husband's super into. So I'm like, where am I? And I Google it. And then I text my husband. I'm like, do you know who am I, like where I am right now? And he's like, where? And I'm like, shared universe. It's this podcast studio in Red Bank, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, it's owned by Ming Chen. He goes, you're with Ming Chen. So Ming is like a famous person in that world, by the way. And if you're ever interested in talking about your comic book obsession at any point, he's your guy. <laughs> and was a star on comic book men on, a on AMC, if you ever knew about that show. But anyway, just shameless plug for Ming. Cause I was like, wait a second, what? And anybody that was into comic books when they were kids um, would probably know some of his world, which I think is really interesting to mention. Um, but literally my husband was like, wait, what? Ming definitely sitting on silent, like stop talking about me. Um, <laughs> so anyway, that being said, um, to, to pivot into like what we call the aha moment, right? So here you are, you obviously have all of these passions that are similar Marissa likes to correlate them, but I can hear a lot of these similarities of you, performing. You arts, yeah, illusion. Yeah. You liked you liked the mystery of things that were outside of your grasp. Yeah. I yes. think you can you can see, I mean, any of those things at the risk of just being deep for a second. It's like if you're watching somebody do a skateboard trick or you're watching somebody do martial arts or you're drawing anime, it's all something a little bit um. I don't want to say the word exotic, but outside of your grasp. So it's visually interesting, right? Mm -hmm. um, so normally I connect the dots and it's like more of a apples to oranges. I feel like yours is directly into, it's 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 a, a, a non-traditional straightforward correlation. I agree. So tell us about your first job. So did you, you were getting tips on the street, right? Did you work at all at that time? Like, did you, what was your first real job? Like, did you do anything at that time of your life when you first started working to earn a paycheck that was not magic? And how did that go? The simple answer is no. I actually never have had another paycheck source of income. Job. Stop. Wow. Seriously. Wow, that Wait, is really real? unique like, and amazing. Never anything? Like never worked in a restaurant, the, the pool club? Like The closest thing that I could correlate to that was I had over the years, but it was in the context of magic, work, worked in a restaurant um, going going table to table after the, the right. patrons order their food. So, so you the, intuitively discovered the magic at 12, right? And then instead of having traditional teenage jobs you were hustling yes that as an opportunity yes and wow so you sean's not at the gap folding sweaters he's entertaining people at 16 17 years old yes yes pretty much um not pretty much that's actually what my life was growing up um i had this you know not not to compare it to Michael Jackson, but that was like, just like the first name that came to my mind, just, you know, starting really young and just like being really passionate. I had obviously a much more supportive uh, mm -hmm. uh, parenting structure there than Michael <laughs> Jackson has and uh, had zero plastic surgery. But what I, my point was like, I found my, my passion really young 
And I didn't, re I really didn't have a typical childhood. Um, and I'm not, I don't really regret that because I, like you said, I was, had really different, different passions and different way of growing up. Um, I was definitely not your average kid and, and I was okay with that. And people kept asking me, Oh, don't you want to go to these parties? Don't you want to, don't you want to have like 5,000 friends and go see all these friends? And, and I guess because I was just so in my own little world, it didn't matter to me. I was having so much fun, just whether it be in the library or whether it be in my room, just practicing sleight of hand or reading books and yeah, very inward driven and just very high concept, everything. So it, it didn't really matter to me. And uh, that's how I grew up. Uh, just real, real linear. I tunnel mean, vision, tunnel vision, as we call vision it. Tunnel yeah. vision on something that's not tunnel vision. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like love it. that. I love that. That's wild. Because by the way, I, I guess we can skip our aha moment. He had his aha moment, like in the womb. <laughs> He's like, I'm yeah. going to be a magician. This it wasn't aha, it was ta-da. It was a ta-da moment. Good. Yeah. Ta-da moment was, which, because by the way, as you obviously know, not to say that you need to have listened to all of our episodes to, to know this, most people that you interact with, I'm guessing, you know, they have, you know, career is so much a part of our, our identity, right? So you were yep. able at such a young age to identify the correlation between your identity and your career, which is like, I think most people's major and issue. The bulk of their their like, growing up life what's my dream? middle age life, trying to figure out what you figured out young. And then you've had to backfill how to make what makes you tick, pay your bills mm -hmm. and put a roof over your head and hustle and have, I'm guessing if you've never had a first job, then you've never had any other jobs so, you know, other than the jobs you've created for yourself, which is very inspiring. Yeah. Um, so, so and not for the faint of heart, mind you. No, no, no. Thank you for bringing that up. No, it's not. <laughs> no. I think you have to have a certain kind of ethic. And, and obviously we're getting a sense of that even in these first few minutes. So take us on that journey then. I'd love to hear, because typically, obviously, we'd spend this time talking about your internships or, you know, so did you go to college for any of this or did you go to extended school at any point or was this like right out of, you know, high school or how did this start? Yeah. Great. Uh, what professionally doing yeah. what I do? Yeah. Yeah. Great question. So yeah, it, it really did start professionally when I was 12 years old. And I, I guess I say professionally because I was making an income. Uh, yeah. That is professionally. By, yeah. By, by literally just setting up a, a folding wooden sandwich table and a clear glass jar with the word tips on it. That's literally all it was. And it was, you know, very raw and to the point. And it's kind of like, if you, if they, people enjoyed it, they tip, if they don't, they walk away. Very simple. And I was terrified of doing this kind of thing. And because I was a very shy child growing up, you'll find if you read into backstories of magicians, even people like David Copperfield, they all were very shy and they still are actually uh, off stage. But we learned to grow and get outside our comfort zone. But uh, yeah, it was just all like my entire life is, well, everybody's life story should be about just getting outside of your comfort zone because mm -hmm. that is where all the magic happens outside your comfort zone. And it started from being very uncomfortable at the age of 12 to like putting in all of these reps as a street performer from 12 to about 18, 19. 
I was doing every weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Friday, seven shows a day, Saturday, seven, Sunday, seven. So I was doing 21 shows per weekend for many, many, many weeks. Who was helping you? Your mom? Who was helping me? Yeah. Well, of course I couldn't drive. So she would, she would. And then the operation, like taking the money, scheduling them, like, I mean, not for nothing, a teenage boy, whether he's very focused or not. Yeah. is not always the definition of organization and uh, an Excel spreadsheet. But oh, I guess totally. You figured and, it out. Oh yeah. And I'll, I'll be honest, like Excel spreadsheets and all of that stuff never was really my thing. Uh, it's still not my favorite thing, but um, I was always really good with the computer. So, I mean, anything that I learned on the computer, I pick up pretty fast, but yeah. So from, from 12 to, to, to 19, 20, in fact, till fairly recently, I mean, she's, she's been, um, I mean, she's still a huge part of my business. She's obviously my biggest fan. I'm not afraid to talk about this. You know, a lot of guys feel embarrassed, but I mean, really, I, I really wouldn't be where I am without her because I, I went from this very, uh, inward shy child. And how did she help? She, it was her that said, Hey, I know there's some like festival this weekend. Hey, mm-hmm. want to go? Let's try it out. I'll drive you. Let's go. Let's see. You bring your, she, trick, she your brought you to what your joy was mm-hmm. and didn't yeah, try to yeah. change so, you. Let's try it and see what happens. You got nothing. Not easy. I give her a lot of kudos for that. So mm-hmm. did, did you end up going to college though? Yes, I so I did. I my childhood schooling stuff was pretty regular. You know, I was homeschooled up until about third grade, from what I can remember. Homeschooled mm-hmm. until third grade, and then third from third grade to about tenth grade, and then the college portion was pretty normal. I did third grade, you know, just elementary school at a public school, and then I went to a private uh, Christian high school for few years up until about 10th grade. And then because the way my show schedule and, and things was affecting my attendance and that was causing my grades to suffer. So around 10th grade, I finished high school online with some online program by Indiana University. So actually. you were doing you were doing online schooling before it was cool. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. I'm like the OG <laughs> online schooling person. <laughs> yeah, I'm in that group. And then, yes, I did two years of uh, community college uh, with a major in communications uh, until my until I had a double hand injury, which prevented me from using the computer for quite some time, sitting back and reflecting on what the heck I'm going to do with my life and my career. You had a double hand injury as a magician? Yes. From a from a trick? No, no, it was most likely it was carpal tunnel syndrome from most likely tons of computer use, you know, since I'm, since I'm like one of the original millennials growing up in the early nineties was when the internet was exploding and everybody was just like obsessing over the computer. So I was one of those little kids that would be obsessed over the PC games and just on the computer Mm. so, so much. And maybe martial arts had something to do with it, like hitting things with my hands, building up scar tissue or something but then the what what tipped that over the edge is in 2013, I was training to getting ready to be on that show MasterChef. I actually had to develop some cooking skills, and so I was pra- brushing up on those and doing a lot of this chop 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 in the kitchen, repetitive hand motions, peeling things over and over and over and over again, and I think that repetitive stuff combined with everything else just kind of culminated. And yes, I had carpal tunnel, both my hands. I was working 
uh, at a gig and I remember I was holding props in my hand and I ke- and it kept like slipping out of my fingers and dropping on the floor and I kept picking it up and I would try it again. And then my fingers would start to feel weak again and the thing would fall on the floor. I said, what, what is going on? And I tried it one more time. And then all of a sudden, my both my hands started burning like they were on fire. And, and I had to quickly excuse myself from the performance. I ran into the bathroom and, you know, was like trying to figure out what, what was going on. And I was just like freaking out. I was in tons of tons of pain. And that led me on a journey of eight months of just hanging out at home, not knowing what to do with my life because I could not use my hands. I couldn't button my shirt. I couldn't feed myself. That was a really crazy time of my life, but it, it helped me reassess like, what are my priorities? What am I grateful for? What have I been blessed with? What do I need to do more of? What do I need to do less of? How can I change my lifestyle just so I can number one, get better. And number two, get back to doing what I feel I've been called to do, which is uh, make the world a better place with, with sleight of hand magic. So how did you heal from that? Like what, what was your journey like after that? Like PT? Yeah, it's, it's, it is pretty deep that on itself can be its own podcast episode <laughs> on like some health podcast. But uh, basically I went You'd- from realizing that my diet and lifestyle was more than 50% of the reason why I ended up getting the hand problem just due to food choices, lifestyle choices, causing inflammation. And so I basically did both my, my mom, she did a ton of research. I did a ton of research, ended up changing my diet radically, my lifestyle radically, not as much computer. And the, the, the one real thing that, that did it for me is she was actually talking because she was calling all her friends. Hey, my son's got all this, this, this thing going on. What the heck is it? How can we fix it? So she was calling orthopedic surgeons. I almost had surgery, but the one thing she spoke to a friend of hers whose daughter uh, is a professional fencer, like, you know, sword with the mask, you know, fencing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and she was like training to go in the Olympics and stuff. And she was training really hard. She got this thing called tennis elbow, mm-hmm. which is when you overuse, when you do a lot of this joint movement. Repetitive I, I have it right this. now, actually. I'm okay, currently so you, suffering from it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So what I'm about Mild to case, hopefully. Yeah. What I'm about to share should help you. Uh, her tip was active release. Find an active release, ART, active release technique. Find one of those practitioners. It's a type, you can imagine yes. it's a type of massage combined with physical therapy, breaks down the scar tissue. And the scar tissue is what's trapping the nerve, which causes the pain. That's the ART, super short answer. It's also, speaking of not something that's not faint, for the faint of heart, ART, mm. it's, uh, it's rough when they get their fingers in there. Talk about, oh, you're familiar with I've it. had it. Okay. Yeah. By the way, let's skip what I just said. But yes, I've had it. Um, and it is. I it's rough when they get their fingers in there. Yes. Yeah, um, I didn't I mean it like that. Family show. But, yeah, it's a family show. I didn't mean it like that. But like yes, a- ART, I swear by that. And you realize it, that's true. I mean, all the things you're saying is true. I, I actually, it's doing better. But one of the things that would probably help it is if I stopped playing tennis. But that's just not part of the equation. Yeah. I mean, so like just to touch on that real quick. So the guy that I work with, he said, you know, you don't have to stop using the computer. You just have to be a little mindful and change the way. Also, I use the computer. That you use it, right. The ergonomics. The right, the right back, the right. Well, I mean, this, you can't be a slight hand magician if you can't use your hands. 
Mm-hmm. That's right. So that's always first priority for me. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Wow. Okay. So this eight months hey, hey it has happens. Yes. And then were you able when you got on the show though? So it was after everything was taped and literally the summer that it was airing, I was suffering in pain watching myself on the show. Yes. <gasps> oh my goodness. Yep. Well, right the, after we filmed. The universe allowed you to at least do it. Yes. Um or divine intervention or both. Um Okay. So that happens. So walk us through kind of now the current phase of Sean J magic, right? So what kind of gigs are you doing? What do you have on the docket now? I'd love to also hear a bit about not spoiler alert, but what's behind you, for example. So when I was on the phone with Sean for our first conversation, he shared with me that he did some pivoting, which we like to call it in our industry, you know, career pivot ish, or kind of side hustle, if you will, um, to this magic that he's performing on a regular. So talk to us a little bit about that, how you started to book these gigs, you know, et cetera, and then how you then pivoted into some of the other work that you're doing. Right. So the street performing is what got me my reps and introduced me to a lot of people really fast because I was just constantly, it was like speed networking. I mean, just meeting all different kinds of people from all different walks of life. And as I mentioned before, I, I got I started getting asked a lot, do you have a website? Do you have a website? So interesting a lot in interestingly enough, this is most probably one of the reasons why I got carpal tunnel also. Someone promised to make me a website, a connection of mine. And I waited and then I waited and I waited for like over a year. People were still asking me about this website. Being the homeschooled do-it-yourself kind of guy that I am, I ended up teaching myself how to build websites. So I actually made my own website because nobody Mm -hmm. did it for me. Mm -hmm. And that was a lot of computer work. So that kind of, that helped uh, kickstart everything. I, I started directing people to the website. People were booking me for private parties, corporate events, smaller scale things. Uh, actually, actually, you know what? When I was in my teens, I actually did something uh, for Sarah Lee uh, out in Scottsdale, Arizona, James Cagney night. They they brought me out there. So that was a big thing that happened when I was like, that's uh, so six, cool, 16 or 17. But then it, and then it and then it just kept growing to where I've just kind of built this local community. I'm kind of like this local people know me in the North Carolina area. But then uh, when I go to conferences like uh, entrepreneur conventions for entrepreneurs, you know, other entrepreneurs, startups, people who have businesses, they see me and then they fly me out to, to their company events to make their, their uh, employees happy and make them look good. And I love it. And uh, that's, that's what I'm doing right now. Mostly, did, mostly corporate did events. All of those, um, you know, you, you're saying this respectfully, nonchalantly, it's not easy to get those contacts. No, you know, so I just, you just happen to be in the right place at the right time and get on MasterChef where you just happen no. to, right. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. So I think I, I enjoy your humble storytelling, mm-hmm. but I'd love to understand, like, it is not, e- first of all, it's not even easy to get into HR and marketing to allow them to be, for you to be the person that they spend their money on to entertain. Like so that, that's actually a great question. So just to piggyback on Marissa's question for a moment, one of the things that Sean, you may not realize, we may have discussed actually when we first spoke, but and our audience may not even know, we do a lot of career coaching now where career job search strategy, you know, networking strategy, 
how to build your orbit, your web. Um, So I find this question really important because we call it our dream network. Everything we do is dream something, Um, you know, and I think Marissa and I pride ourselves on our orbit, our web. And, you know, that's why we call even the dream catchers community, the dream catchers web, because it really feels like once you're in it, then you can connect within it, which is really what it's for. Um, that being said, you know, obviously we're having people on our podcast and that's how we created our network. How did you find, is it been a lot of word of mouth? Is it just hustle and, and looking up companies? How have you found that you, I mean, granted you've been doing it for 20 years since you're a little kid. Yeah. So I get, I get that, but to never, to, to some of these conversations that you are saying are uphill battles and the words never give up need to be screamed over and over and over and over so that you don't. And you're doing it alone without a team. I mean, unless you have, I mean, maybe you have a social meet, like maybe you, at this point you might have people helping you with some of like a little more the help other now. stuff. Yeah. A little but more like to, to get there, you know, or to open those doors for you or to get into the companies, it's not easy to do. How have you done it? What has been your, your, Magic sauce, if you will. Like, how have you found that it's mostly word of mouth? Magic sauce <laughs> is a little bit of salt, a little bit of cay- cayenne. No. Okay, really? If you really want to know, I I did it old school, the old school way. Honestly, I did it the old school way. And the old school way is what requires the most effort, but... Uh, I don't know. I don't know how much of this you can do now with all these shoot these distancing things. Yeah, I I really was knocking on doors like mm. physically, physically going to places, yeah. talking to people a lot when I was younger, and I was apps. So for all for all of your listeners, listen to this. If you if you don't hear anything else I say, just remember this: I was absolutely terrified mm-hmm. and dreaded every single moment of it. So what you're seeing here, it's glossy and all smiles and all fun, but I, I can tell you that it was not easy. I was terrified. I was um, kind of, you know, I had gentle prodding, of course, along the way by, you know, like uh, one of my earlier mentors that I would just talk to and just kind of give me gentle prodding. And I just said, all right, I'm just going to have to do this. And so, so for me, it was, I was doing a lot of that. It was, uh, visually showing people what I can do that for, in my line of work always helps sell the product, Start the conversation, sure. me and what I do. So I would encourage any of your, your viewers or listeners that even if they're not a performer to, to, to visually show people or demonstrate your product. And if you don't have anything that you can demonstrate, at least demonstrate who you are as, as a product, basically extension of your team, because you are your own marketing. You know, okay. if, if you have the world's greatest product, unless you're of course, like a big brand, like Apple, Apple can, you know, they can pretty much say to people, whatever they want and people buy their product regardless, just because they're Apple or Nike or whatever. But like, if you're not in that case, which most people aren't, people like to, to know who they're dealing with. And a lot of time, especially now these days, marketing is so like there's this big wall and nobody wants to talk to each other anymore. That's what I've seen. People just don't want to pick up the phone. They don't want to talk. 
And it's, it's kind of like the old is becoming new again. It's like, if you actually just start talking to people and like yeah. helping people understand who you are as a person and that you could be someone trustworthy to do business with, I think that's going to be very helpful. So, you know what I think you just did is like started like, like a, a revolution, a sales, like, <laughs> like, no, a sales training. Yeah. Like this, what you're saying unbeknownst to you is how people are trained in B2B sales. Okay. Yeah. Which by the way, is a thankless, difficult role. If you're emotionally not set up to do it. So I yes. have been in sales my whole life. Yes. I am a terrific salesperson when I believe in what I'm selling. Yep. Yeah. If, if I am not into it, I I've never been the type of salesperson. I am not someone that sells ice to an Eskimo because an Eskimo does not need ice. So I have always been a very emotional salesperson mm -hmm. and I used to have to go door to door to get my relationships. Mm. And I'll tell you for you to be able now, granted, I will insert a little quip here where I'm envious for someone to go door to door at less, at least you got to do it in with Southern hospitality because in New York, <laughs> my guess is they would slam the door or the elevator in your face a little bit more often. It's um, funny you say that. I was going to say one of my, my biggest crushes that I, as like, we call them dream crushes, which we'll talk about in a moment, just companies, people that do something that I just have a crush on is Sarah Blakely, the founder of Spanx. And her story is um, about how she was traveling like as a salesperson selling fax machines, like door to door in the South. And mm. while she was traveling and trying to sell these fax machines, she didn't like the way her skirt would lay on her body and would take pantyhose and cut them so that her body would like fit better into the, the shapewear, if you will, underneath her skirt. And that's where she invented Spanx, which is now the number one, you know, underwear lingerie company in the world. And she's a like multi-billionaire and this incredible it's bananas, but she literally started as a salesperson, a door to door yeah. salesperson selling fax machines in the eighties and, you know, in the South. So like Marissa said, maybe people are a little nicer. I don't know. I always, I mean, my accounts were in the South. So I always yeah. like, I have a yeah. soft spot for the South. I went to college in the South, whatever. Anyway, I, I think what you explained is if I were to write your resume, which you don't need one, you know, I could, you're the founder, you're the, the, the chief of business development. I mean, the things that you're doing innovatively to make yourself get somewhere is uh, worthy of conversation in and of itself. Like you could go in and talk about being a magic or, you know, do some magic tricks for people and make them feel good. Or you could sit down with the sales team, and reinvent their thinking process mm -hmm. is that's where I go from yeah. an HR perspective. Um, and also I admire that because even with all of my HR background and all of my contacts, I have a very hard time getting endorsed. Mm -hmm. And that's the truth. It's so, hard. you know, I give you a lot of credit. So now in addition to this, you also started helping other people in your world, correct? Yes. Yes. Referring to tell this stuff. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us about that. I love that. So, yeah. So I... When I was about what, 19, 19, 20-ish, I think, um, 
So I had been going to these conventions, conventions for magicians. One of the largest conventions for magicians is in Las Vegas. And it's like every couple of years. And I met uh, one of the vendors there who I was explaining a new act I was working on trying to do. And I was working on creating these props and I was making this DIY homemade crappy version and it just looked and act, it didn't work right. So this guy had a soft spot, I guess, for, for, you know, young entrepreneurs and he probably saw a bit of himself and me and struck up a relationship with one of these vendors at the convention who happened to be, and still is one of the most prolific builders for magicians. He builds like the big giant helicopters that you see appear on stage Mm -hmm. And the mm-hmm. motorcycles, the Copperfield, Chris Angel, all these people using their show. He's the builder guy behind that. And so he heard my story and offered to do me a favor by making these custom props. That was like a one-time favor. He's like, I'll just do this for you. Just see what happens. And it, w- it was this prop that was made out of wood. It involved CNC routing, computer-aided, you know, cutting and carving. And he painted it. And it was just to my specs. And then he invited me out to his workshop in Las Vegas as like an internship to teach me beginner electronics, beginner soldering skills. And then those props were then given to me as a gift through my learning and through his generosity. That, I realized and for resumes, that, that would be an internship. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're and not realized, building a resume because you're fine. <laughs> I'm building my resume, yes. <laughs> but you don't need it, but yes. We don't need it, but yes, if you needed it. Yes, and yes, so I realized that these these limited edition, one of a kind things couldn't be replicated. He wasn't going to do it. What am I going to do if the if these things break? And at that time, I had been just hearing about three D design, three D printing, being able to design a file of something and be able to replicate it on on mass scale if you wanted. And I was like, oh shoot, maybe I could do that too. So sure enough, that was something else I took it upon myself to teach myself that and took his props and spent six months, took me six months to do this because I was literally teaching myself every little minute move as I go, just a little measurement here, a little measurement there. And pretty soon I made my own file of a, of a exact replica of what he made me. And, and then I used the money that I save up to bought a, buy an entry-level printer. And I made those, I made backup copies of those props. And then I was like, shoot, if I could do that, maybe I can make custom props for my show. And so I then did that. I have custom props that I built using 3D design, 3D printing, and electronics skills. And that makes me different than other performers. People are getting to see something different. And then other, I, I started uh, reaching out to other magicians. I was like, hey, you have a project you're working on? You know, I might be able to help make it a reality. So I've been transforming other magicians' dreams into reality. There's been some pretty legendary people that I've helped out in my industry. And then I'm like, shoot, okay, this is a small industry. Why, why not open it up to inventors just in the world? And so sure. I've now been helping inventors, just people who have a regular nine to five job, but they've been dreaming up this thing that's been on the back burner. And then they you know, sketch something on a napkin, give me some measurements. And then I turn that into a piece of 3D art, which then can be mass sent to manufacturing for mass production. So that's been, um, I didn't expect it to like go that way, but uh, 2020, you know, when COVID hit, I had more time to think about stuff. You know, what the heck am I doing with my life? And so I just improved my knowledge of all of this. I upgraded my skill set, how to use more professional programs. And I just turned it into a business, which uh, it's not 
really that far off from what I'm doing now. It's still magic. It's still taking an idea and magically transforming it into something, reality. So, um, Tom, do you sleep? Huh? Do you sleep? <laughs> I do. I, I, I really prioritize my sleep. I try to do, go to do bed. Do you drink coffee? Like what goes on with you? <laughs> no, I dr- no coffee, no coffee, never caffeine. I never started drinking coffee. Um, I don't like caffeine. It makes me too hyper. Um, I'm actually like, I operate on a slower pace than you'd think, but I'm like really deliberate and I have a tendency, I'm sure I have like some form of OCD because when I lock on something, I really obsess over it. And that's why I'm able to do what I do. So yeah, pretty much anything that I really am passionate about, I will go full-fledged like crazy like it's a f- sounds, switch. There's no sounds a little yeah, familiar. I know. I know some people like that. I'm. I'm. Uh, you're describing me. Like when I, <laughs> okay, when I, I, have an, I, just, I have an idea or a project, you, I'm like, you tunnel. are a self. You are the epitome of the American dream right now. Yeah. Like you're a self-made hustler really? that doesn't feel like he's hustling. You're creating pipelines of opportunity for people. What next? Like, what do you want to do? Like. Where are you going to bring all this? I mean, sales training seminars. So, uh, see, Marissa. who doesn't call me a psychic? I don't. I knew it. That was exactly what I said. Could happen. Maybe very well. Well, I mean, you I know want, I- you belong. You hear to hear. You, you heard it here. I'm sure you've heard it before. You've heard it here. But you belong on the stage, engaging others, using the magic as your, your, you know, for lack of a better way of putting it, your party trick, <laughs> literally, catalyst. so that you can, yeah, you're a catalyst, catalyst, but you're engaging and teaching others to find their inner strength. I mean, this, what you're, what you've done is literally a gift. Like mm-hmm. people don't know what to do. Like we've been explaining for 20 plus years, what you've done six different ways in this conversation. Yeah. It's so true. Just like innate skills that you like obviously, networking. Yeah. Like you're like, oh, I casually just like went out to adventures. Like, where are you getting those names from? Like, how are you finding it? Like all that stuff. People don't know how to do that, Sean. It, it's called it's, it's called it's not innate. Here's here's the one word that will change it all for everybody. If you have something that you want to do bad enough, it's called necessity. Mm-hmm. It's like how bad do you really want to do this? I, I I honestly, I really did say to myself when I was 12 years old, I'm going to be a famous magician one day. I'm going to be well known for what I do. And on my tombstone, that's going to go on there. Mm. And I didn't care what anyone else said. And I think it's also important for your viewers and listeners to know that I, I, the reason why I bring up my mom so much is because it was actually she who gave me the most support. And I didn't really have that much uh, at, other outside support. Because when I was seven or eight, my mom and dad split. My dad was kind of like half on to what I was doing, half off. He always wanted me to go to college and get a degree in English. Um, and I do have to give him credit because he, he would always, he would always, when I was younger, harp on me the importance of mastering English. At least I guess if you're in the US, if you live in Japan, then it's a whole other story. Um, but if you're a US business-based person, mastering the written English and the spoken English, right. Your communication skills, it really will help you everywhere. And he's absolutely right. So between his advice, 
Um, and then my mom's big push for, she just w- wanted me to succeed as a magician doing art. Uh, th- it was just a matter of like necessity. So, oh yes, what I was going to say was when um, my stepdad later down the line, he was totally against everything that I was doing and everything that she was trying to support me doing during my formative years. It mm. was crazy difficult. And I, we were doing it out of necessity to prove someone wrong, mm. to prove all the haters wrong. And to, that really was, I hate to sound cliche, but that literally was my life at that time. It's so true. And I think you're, you're onto something, regardless of anybody's, you know, circumstance, you know, when I have these career coaching conversations with people and they'll say, you know, I I've just done everything I could possibly do. And I'm so frustrated and I'm like, okay, so walk me through what you have done so far. You know, I hate to generalize because it's not always, but I would say 99% of the time they've only just scratched the surface. People don't, people don't have and I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, let's start over. Like, we got to fair to judge because not everybody has. Yeah. And that's why we do what we to, do because we this deep. Exactly. And I think what Bruce is saying is that you have this innate skill because you've had to. Right. Like, you should you not, should be teaching. You should be teaching it. You it's should be exactly, teaching. By the way, it's exactly what Marissa. Not that you need to hear what I think, because you obviously are a very busy person. Um, but I'm hearing you and. Again, I didn't research you before this conversation. So my gut instinct is your voice could be that much louder and help so many people reach their goals or their dreams with your empowerment. And I I just really think that that maybe that is what the next chapter for you brings. And with all the connections you already have, um, perhaps it will just kind of naturally do that evolve on its own where yeah because because marissa and i always talk about this listen you pitch to hr let me come in and talk to your sales team and woo them with your og thoughts and then also your catalyst yeah i don't know i do think that's there's something there because you know marissa and i always talk about the reason why we're great coaches is because we have been receiving the resume right as recruiters for 20 years. So I now can gift back to people to say, okay, now this is what somebody's looking for. This is the type of email I'd respond to. This is the LinkedIn message I want to see. Um, and like you're saying, like, because you've had to do the work and, and hustle, you yeah. could actually gift that to others in any industry as to how you build a business and how you sell that business and pivot that business. And then, you know, even just what you were saying earlier about being a young man in, in Vegas and going up to a vendor and having this amazing relationship with this super famous guy and him taking a chance on you, obviously you said the right words, of course, but there's also, and there's obviously Marissa and I are big believers in things happening when they're meant to happen for you. So obviously you were in the right place at the right time. Sure. But you also manifested that and you said the right things and you followed up and all of those things. So that's kudos to you for that. And I, I think Thanks. that there's definitely a future there for you. So we, we're, we'll pivot to the end here of, of some of these questions so that we can maybe get a sneak peek at some of your sleight of hand, as we call it. Um, so besides magic, obviously, I know you saw some of these questions prior, but you know we truly believe as coaches, but as people that everyone has a superpower, right? So we 
I can pretty much guess what I think yours are based on a lot of things we've talked about. And, and, and we say these questions because I like to remind our viewers and our listeners that everyone has something that no one else has. Mm -hmm. And whether that's a combination of certain things or certain skills, um, but, and, or if it's just something innate, what do you think your superpower is? What do you bring to magic or to what you do um, that others don't obviously practically, you know, some of this work that you're doing behind you. Sure. That's a superpower. Anything else that you would consider your superpower as far as your profession? You're talking about the business side or just, just from me. Just who you are. You you know, you, who you are. Like, for example, you know, I always, I like to repeat this, not every episode, but I, I do say it a lot. Mine I've, I've said this since I was a little girl, I am, I bring sparkle to everything I do. So like, that was something that I used to struggle with as a kid. You know, I was loud, I was proud, I was shiny and sparkly and glittery. And that's just always who I've been, whether that's physically or emotionally, like, you know, on a actual piece of paper or just my personality. Mm. And now I see that as a superpower, right? You give me a project, I can make it clean and pretty and final and mistake-free. And I think that's a superpower that I can bring to any job that I'm working on. So I'd love to hear what you think you might think yours is. Yeah. Okay. So I've been told repeatedly that I can just pick up new skills really fast. And I think well, that's, that's probably... proven in this conversation. Yeah. Or teach yourself <laughs> new skills. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think it really is a superpower because I really can't explain how I do it outside of like, I want, I like, I have a, I have something that needs to get done and it's just like, I might be frustrated. You're going to figure it out how to do it. Yeah. yeah. I'm just like frustrated with other people that have tried to do it for me. And I'm just like, ah, screw that. Just let me do it myself. And mm-hmm. then I learn how to do it and I end up doing it better than the other person. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not always the case. And I definitely have learned a lot about delegation over the past few years. And delegation is always good if you can get to that point. Marissa, but what yeah. do you think of that? How do you like delegating? Marissa has, Marissa has some trouble with delegation. Amazing. Not amazing. Good thing her partner is sparkly. <laughs> <laughs> it always helps to have a little sparkle, a little, little magic yeah, to your magic. life and business. I love that. And I think that's a really important skill. And I think that's just the idea of identifying maybe let's, call it, maybe let's say self-starter. Yeah. Self-starter learning new he, things quickly, um, teaching yourself new skills. I think that's important. But that stems from having the mindset of I can do this too, mm-hmm. rather than I can't, or I don't have enough experience or I'm never going to blah, 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 or any of this negative crap self-talk that people give them. And even I do it to my own self. And I, have to catch myself. And I say, and I might, you know, here by myself, and I might look like a fool if I, you know, people watch me do it, but I, I often catch myself and I go, whoa, 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 hold on a second. Can't, is that I can't, or is it that I'm too lazy and I just don't mm-hmm. feel like it? Mm-hmm. Let me, you know what? Let me just sit down for a second and try this. I'm like, yeah. wow, I actually, and then that, this. that delicate balance, right? Of like, figuring that thing out on your own and then also being comfortable enough to delegate that item. So like Marissa and I always talk about this. It's like, where do you not give up? But like, where do you give up and say, okay, I'm either going to teach this skill to myself or I'm going to have the wherewithal to delegate that skill out or outsource that skill. And I think that's a really delicate balance as you grow in any job or career is figuring out what it is that you're good at 
identifying those things. And then either it's the real crosswords. Okay. I'm going to teach myself this. Like I built our website too. I hear you. I, you know, I've taught myself graphic design and web design and social media and all this stuff that I've needed to do in order to build our business. And then there's times where obviously you can outsource things, whether it's financially, emotionally, practically, anything. And then there's other times that you have to teach it to yourself and you have to kind of strike that balance. So I think that's a really important superpower. And I think that's very inspiring because I think that a lot of people don't really think about that as an option. I think people are more often stunted in whatever it is and say, well, I can't do that. You know, I'm not going to do that. I can't do social media. So I'm just like not going to do social media or whatever it is. Right. Oh my God. That happens a lot. All the time. I I don't, I don't know how to do it. I can't understand it. So I'm just like not going to do it versus I'm either going to learn it or I'm going to find somebody to teach me how to do it. And that's it. And there's all sorts of free courses now. And listen, you're barking up the right tree because we agree. We agree. There's always a way to teach yourself to do something new. Um, I think that's a great skill set. And then as far as you've said a lot of things tonight, as, as far as advice, what advice would you give to maybe a young magician or artist that is considering making a living out of their passion? You know, anything that stands out, I mean, not to put you on the spot, I'm sure there's a lot you could say, but yeah, you know, obviously it's the cliche stuff of never giving up and things like that, but would love to hear just your advice for a budding artist, musician, anyone out there that is trying to do something non-traditional or has always toyed with that and never thought it was the reality. Yes. So skipping over the cliche, never give up, because that's always a part of pretty much anything you pursue in life to be successful. I would say if you're an artist, I would say, I would say throw yourself to the wolves like I did and and do your art in a public space if you can on a regular basis see how the public responds to it see how you feel see how long you last doing that and i know that sounded kind of kind of nefarious but like that the, the truth of it is if you can last and if if you go to do your art or display your whatever and it still gives you Joy, uh, excitement and joy. And you're, and you're looking forward to doing that. And you really get like an adrenaline buzz from doing it. And it's just every time you do it, then you're probably on to something. But if you start doing it and it's just like this big letdown and every single time it is, you know, maybe, maybe that's not for you because all I, all I can tell you is I, I can't explain it in words, but there's this indescribable joy and passion and fire that emanated within me when I was 12 years old. And it was just like, wow, this is just so cool. I can't believe I'm getting to do this. I can't believe people are paying me. So yeah, basically it's it's like find out how bad you really want to do what you want to do. And it's not even wanting to do it. It's do you enjoy it? First of all, do you even like what you're doing? Don't do it just to impress your family. Don't do it just to look cool in front of your friends. Do it for you. Mm-hmm. I did it for me, I, not because somebody came to me and said, you know what? You look like you could be a really good magician because if they, if they did that, I, based on looks and the, the way I I wouldn't fit the bill. Mm-hmm. I, I was just like, no, this is for me. I enjoy this. And mm-hmm. therefore, because I enjoyed it, it lit the the spark that kept me moving forward and and it's fulfilling yourself like 
you're able to sustain your pace. Mm-hmm. Like the pace. All the time. Okay. Yeah. Most of the time. Fair. Most Thank you for time. being human for a second. Yeah. Uh, totally. I think I was like, okay, he's superhuman. No. <laughs> um, no. Yeah, because this is it's 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 a pace. Mm-hmm. You know, and at yeah. some point, you know. Oh yeah. It's and at one point he was saying he was doing 21 shows in a weekend. Right. And it's, and I mean this in all due respect, at some point in probably this decade, you're going to say, you know what? I love this. I just don't know if I want to do it this way anymore. Oh, totally. Because totally. it just gets too taxing or you have other things in your life that you want to prioritize on in your thirties and forties. We won't say any of those things because I don't know what they look like for you, but I know I have them on the other side of this door and it doesn't allow you necessarily to do that kind of life Mm -hmm. um, as much anymore, if that's what you want. It reminds me of, you know, I grew up as a dancer and I think about dance obviously is very similar. And, you know, you get to a point, whether it's age or family or lifestyle or circumstance, that the day-to-day of magic is not necessarily going to be, you know, you're not going to just like gig, but now we're doing all these props. Maybe it's sales trainings, maybe it's more, you know, group settings. And I think that's really admirable to uh, acknowledge that and incorporate your skill and your passion in new ways. And obviously you pivoted before you could pivot again, you could stay where you are. You know, I think. And I mean, you've done enough big name, big ticket things where if you, aim to do a few of those a year, God willing. Um, and then you have your day-to-day business so that you can still keep your protected sleep every night and not have to hustle as much. It'd probably be great. Right. Yeah. I yes. mean, I, I really admire it. I, and I so think like from your mouth to whomever's ear. Well, um, he came on here to manifest. We're manifesting. Yeah. We're manifesting. manifesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, so we said superpower, right? Yeah, because I, I want to hear I want to see a trick. And then I also want to ask him a really important question um, that I'll wait. But you, let's finish our questions. I'm going to ask. OK, no, I I think that might have been the last one that I love how I have to look at 70 something episodes right, of the so most I, of the most that are most. I want to make sure that I cover all the things. Um, do you you strike me as somebody that might, but maybe not. Do you have any mantras, any things that you say to yourself or to others to keep you, or if not a mantra, anything that keeps you inspired? Obviously you're always looking for new tricks, new ways to do your work, to inspire an audience, to engage an audience. What keeps you going? Like, is it you know, is it, are you reading all the time? Is it a mantra you're saying it to yourself? Is it mentors that you're looking to? What keeps you inspired? For me, mentors were and still are uh, the biggest, biggest, biggest thing. I'm, I'm a big, I like, I, I always get the, the whole, the whole from the age of 12 until now has been like constantly looking up to other people and going, mm-hmm. wow, that person inspires me. I need to be friends with that person. I need to be, you know, these are, and I'm finding out just after the fact that these are like these common thread success principles, be the, be the dumbest person in the room, surround mm-hmm. yourself with smart people to level up. That literally has been the summary of my career from the age of 12 until now, constantly seeking people to be around so I can level up. And the more I do it, the more I level up. And conversely, the opposite is true. The more people I noticed that I hang out with that just aren't productive or whatever, it will 
for me, it rubs off and I'm like, I don't like that. And so I just, I just, sorry, but I don't have time for many of those people unless they're like, you know, old childhood friends, you know, we just talk about regular life stuff, but, um, all I can tell you is I'm all about leveling up. I like leveling. I like, you know, high level stuff. And so whether you call that perfectionism or what I used to be a real perfectionist, but now I've gotten a lot more human, Mm -hmm. but, but being with mentors, I don't really have a mantra, but I have both mentors that are living and deceased and not from a creepy perspective, but just looking up to people, you know, like the greats of the past, like, like Bruce Lee, you know, I have pictures mm-hmm. of Bruce Lee in my place here. Why? Because I was into martial arts years ago and he was, you know, one of the best alive. And every time I look, I was just like, wow, you know, he did that. You know, I could be just like Bruce Lee, just these little subtle things. And I just look at, I look up to these people. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really good advice because, you know, again, our listeners tend to be job seekers or people that are looking for change or some sort of something, inspiration, yeah. something to hang their hat on. And I think, you know, it doesn't have to be a mantra. Marissa and I tend to have a lot of mantras. We say a lot of things. Then again, we give advice for a living. But, you know, if it's mentors, if it's just people that you've never met, people that you get to see all the time or anyone in between, but that's really good advice around, you know, we always say vibe attracts your tribe. You know, it's it's surround yourself with people who lift you up, um, who make you better, who challenge you. Um, if you can't do it every day or at work, you do it after work. You can go to a drink with someone or a coffee with someone that inspires you, that you feel like just listening to what they have to say will make you better. Or you, listen to the, you, li- you listen to the Dreamcatchers podcast and that lifts you up. Um, I 100% agree. I think that's a great piece of advice. Um, so the last real question before Marissa asks her question Um we conceptualize something that we call the dream crush. We used to call it the brand crush. For those of you that are fans of the Dreamcatchers podcast, you can tell the difference. We've always said brand crush. We have some exciting things happening this year, some rebranding that of stuff that we're doing. And we're, we're really, to be honest, trying to create everything under the dream umbrella to be dream something. That's the real tactile reason. But really it's if you think about it, it doesn't need to be a brand. We've always said brand crush, but it's it can be a person, an idea, a thing, a company that you, in your case, another magician maybe, um, that you just have what we call a dream crush on, which is, you know, they are doing what you would, you know, die to do, or you just think what they're doing is so incredible or the way they run their business or the way that they, you know, market their product is incredible. We ask this question for two reasons. One, we love to just know your answer because we think it's cool. But two, we share those products or things or places or companies or people because we find that that could be inspiring to someone, right? So somebody that's listening to this might say, I'm going to now look up Sean follow him, make sure I'm constantly kind of seeing what he's up to because his career path inspired me. And then maybe I should follow along at what Sean was, is crushing on because if he likes it, then I might like it. So it's just another way to inspire people in their job journey, um, to seek out places that, that lift them up, actually speaking of the last question. So do Hmm. you have any, what we would call a dream crush, a company or a person or a thing, a brand that you just, can't live without or has inspired you along the way, or you think is just killing it as far as how they run their business? 
Yeah. I mean, wow. There's, there's so many people I could list here. I mean, I could list people in the magic world, people in the, in the public. Um, but since we're on a podcast, I would say my, my, my bro crush would be, uh, definitely a John Lee Dumas with EO fire. Uh, he was a guest on my podcast. Um, he's, I mean, he, he, the reason why my crush is, is, is just, I really envy people that develop a passive income with a digital product that you don't even have to house and ship. And it's just like, then you live wherever the heck you want. And it's just, mm-hmm. you can go wherever the heck you want. It's just, and he's doing that and he's doing it very, very well. He's, he's making a couple million dollars a year with his show through affiliates and sponsorships. And I mean, he's really got it down. And I think um, a big part of his success is his military background. As I've come Mm. to find out, he's used to be in the military. And I think it's that, you know, rigid, Mm -hmm. consistent schedule or whatever. He's just keeps sticking to it, just like with military precision. That's very inspiring to me. I love that. And, and I forgot, by the way, that you had shared with me that you also have a podcast. Not that I forgot because I didn't forget, but I forgot at the beginning of this conversation to mention that. What is your podcast called? It's called Making Magic with Sean Jay. The Making Magic podcast. It's creative conversations to get your gears turning, just like these gears here. I like it. And uh, I bring in some of the most creative people in the world, creative thought leaders, and we break down specifically their creative process, things that they've created things that they've achieved through tapping into that creativity. And some of my past VIP guests have included Bran Farron, who's the past president of creative imagineering for Walt Disney, created the theme park concepts for like Tower of Terror and Fast Track. Um, We're at Fast Track. Yeah, fast track, I yeah. love Fast Track. I mean, I'm not a tower. I'm not a big drop girl. So like, I don't love Tower of Terror, but Love Fast Track. In fact, I still talk about Fast Track and we went three years ago. It's really fast. It's so, it's unexpectedly fast, but the building of the car and then executing, anyway, love Fast Track. Love that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he he dropped a lot of knowledge, um, had the co-founder of Siri, the guy who helped develop Siri uh, on the show. And he explained that from his programmer's coding mind perspective. That was fascinating. And then uh, the cousin of Busta Rhymes, uh, Rampage, who's a rapper, DJ, entrepreneur. We talked about creative entrepreneurship and his side hustles. It was pretty amazing. You'll have to interview us one day and, or we could always, and I mentioned this, I think when we first spoke that, um, after this podcast, we can share the, the feed with you. And if you feel like dropping it as a special episode, you absolutely can. We can promote it as a crossover event. Hmm. Um, I would love that. So, but obviously it's a, it's a different topic, but not really because the focus is all on you. We're not talking about our creative process right now. Um, so I think that's our, it for our actual dream catchers questions, but it sounds like Marissa had something else she wanted to no, ask. I just, am, I'm just so, um, you know, I meet people for a living and have for a really, really long time. And I'm sitting here thinking, I, I can't help but share with you that I just feel strongly that you're like a 70 year old man in there. Um, That's what I've been told. And you get that? Told. It's okay. I, I mean, I was always considered more mature than my years. One of my daughters feels that way too, but I mean, it, it really truly feels like you are somebody else in your skin. And I mean that respectfully. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one. Two, 
I was trying so hard to figure out your birthday because it's one of my favorite party tricks, but I don't think I can do it. So I guess I'm wrong now. Well, that's because so, you're saying I, so I know I'm wrong because I was originally going to say, um, I was originally going to say October and November, but um, I'm, I don't think I'm correct because some of the words that you said are too light for October and November people. Um, so I do not believe you're a Scorpio anymore, but that was my first thought. Am I correct? At least on my negating myself with everything so far, you're correct. Okay. Thank you. So I'm not, I now after that, I think I went to, I think I went to, no, don't bark. No barking. Um, I think I went to, uh, June, July. Getting warmer, but not quite there. Can I ask a question? I'm not really as good at this as Marissa, but are you a Pisces? You are 100% correct. Yeah. So I was on water. I was on water. Can I tell you that is like the first time I've guessed it correctly. So much of what you've described. When's your birthday? Me too, by the way. When's your birthday? He's March. Yeah. Sixth. Uh, I'm March 9th. Okay. That makes so much sense. So totally. Because when you've been speaking, there's so like, usually when his, 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 he, I thought he was Scorpio, but he was too light. So you know yeah, what Scorpios I mean? are pretty intense. Yeah, like, yeah like, it's like ah. my brother-in-law is like that. Your OCD and your perfectionist and like the military and the regiment and that, you know, having to get it done, like that's Scorpio. But like while but, you're still talking, when you're, I was like, when you're it's too light. But when you're speaking, it's like, I can't believe I just got that right. I'm so but, proud of myself. The reason why I said the June, July is because cancers tend to be more introverted. Mm. And I definitely see you as now an introvert that's worked on being extroverted. Totally. Mm. Um, totally. So, but interestingly enough, yeah. the, the Pisces thing, you know, the reason why I, j- I just knew it. And, and not only did I know it, you're, she you're, wants to take it back over. That's okay. I need to. I need to. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just need to say why. Go do because, your fish thing. Because no, because I think so much of what you're talking about is so typical Pisces for sure. But so similar to me in that perfectionism most Pisces, I don't know if you know this, but most Pisces have a talent or a skill, like a, like a artist. A lot of Pisces are artists, um, passionate. Um, it, it, it just, I just could tell. And, and, and the perfectionism thing is a unique skill a piece of a Pisces that a lot of people don't like to admit, but I'm a hundred percent on board that that's a layer of us where we have like a fixation about us when we are, have a idea or something in mind, we got to like, have to do it and we're going to do it all the way to the end and we're probably going to do it better than the person like when you said that when you're like you know what i could do this myself like whatever this person's trying to do for me i'm just going to do it instead that's literally when you got me i'm like he's a pisces <laughs> um i don't know why i just like now all, all right, right. And then so, my other question one more yeah. do a magic trick <laughs> yes i wanted to ask you deeply do you believe in magic yes that's what I thought. So do we. Yes, 100%. So, so I believe in magic. I also believe in the illusion that magic creates. I totally. feel like it's two different things. They are. The, the way I explain Santa and the, 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 the fairies and the Easter Bunny and all the things, I believe in all those things to this day. Hi, everybody. I'm a middle-aged professional woman. I believe in all of it. Thousand percent. Throw me a mermaid in the sea. I believe in it. 
Mm-hmm. So, because I think the power of believing is the magic. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. I just wanted to see, especially when you're creating visual illusion, you have to believe some of it yourself. Well, that's like rule number one in the magic handbook is is you must believe what you are doing is real before the audience believes it even though you it. know the how the gears are turning just like the wizard of oz when you whip of back course. the curtain and some old guy cranking a thing well that's the mechanics behind it but the big what what the audience sees is totally different mm. all right you know, i'm ready i'm ready what can we do on zoom marissa by the way i just have to say one thing marissa and i went to a show in the city pre-covid that was one of our favorite nights Ever. We saw um, Steve Cohen, Chamber Magic. Uh, do you know Steve Cohen? Oh, my God. I know who he is. He's a fantastic magician. Oh, my goodness. So we we were lucky enough to go. Marissa, were we at the Plaza or the Waldorf? Like Waldorf we were in this like where it was. Bar- yes. it, was, it was the original location. And then he. Was- I feel like I'm in I'm in theme right now with my brooch. I, we felt like we were like transported back in time. Yeah. We were in this like beautiful. It was phenomenal. Room. It's a long it, time ago, though. Like, we went was, a long time ago. Maybe, maybe within five the- years ago maybe between five and 10, my dad went and this is the way my dad operates. He goes to something, loves it, buys tickets like that day for all of us to go again. Not always, Mm -hmm. but like Broadway shows typically, but this was the type of things he's like, I went to this and we're going tomorrow. Like, that's it. Like we're going. (laughs) And so we, he took all of us, me, our, me and my sister and our husbands. And it was like one of my favorite nights. Did you ever do the other one, Jamie? No, there's another one that a lot of people are I, doing. I've done both. I done. Uh, God, I'm. I, I don't want to do him a disservice right now. Another I mean, guy. He's, in he's the a city very that's... famous guy in the, and he was in Tribeca. More of a downtown vibe. Steve. Steve. Steve Cohen, Cohen is like more a... uptown vibe. Not that. I mean, you've been around enough to know the difference. Like mm-hmm. Steve Cohen's like in a hotel. Yeah. And like this guy was. I think his name starts with a D. I can't think of it. Um. Oh God! What's his name? All I know it was we'll find it, but it was in Chelsea. I'll look. I'll look for oh, it. Chelsea's while you're nice. That's so, it is nice. And then also the foodie. Do you know the foodie magician? He's another fun New York one. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I seen him. But his whole thing is like his is gimmicky about food. Um, he and I don't know. I don't know what he's doing now. But the other guy is a, a well known. Marissa, like it's not Dan White. Yes, thank you. Oh Dan yeah, White. yeah, yeah. Uh, that was uh, at the. Um, Chamber, the Chamber no. Hotel? No, the Nomad. Nomad. The nomad. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, So, so Marissa, I didn't get to go to Dan White, but I've heard great I things. Was but amazing. It's just incredible. And we were sitting in these, like, chairs right in front of him. And, you know, you're like, there's no way that's real. But it's 100% real. Like, it there was a, a big surge of magicians on Zoom during COVID, right? I was one of them. Yeah, <laughs> I love good it. Good for you. Good for you. Had right, to. So, so Speaking of magicians on Zoom, let's wrap with we prepped him, by the way, you guys. We were like, are you prepared if we ask you to do <laughs> you a magic said trick? That. It should be like, <laughs> oh, I don't know. Let's figure it out. <laughs> yeah, let's figure it out. Um, so give us do a something. Little... Do something quick and easy so that we yeah. so I don't want to keep you much longer. Also quick and easy, you. quick oh. and easy. Well, it's very important since I'm on the Dreamcast podcast, it's important to realize the importance and unimportance of money. So money is important. It's very important. You know, it gets us what we want, but money is really just a tool. And unless you apply any of these things that we've been talking about on the podcast, you know, different types of marketing, different ways of presenting yourself, different types of work ethic, that's the real magic, how you change it into real 
return on your investment. <laughs> Was that too fast? Anyway, I didn't even see that coming. Was it too fast? He's going to slow it down for us. Okay. Oh my God. If, if that was too fast, that was too fast. We'll do it one more time. Please. Now, a lot of people say, hey, Sean, that was really, really quick. I was not expecting that at all. How do you do it? Well, I use a thing that I learned in New York of counting money. How many, how many bills do I have here? Four. Four, Four right? Well, if you were to go to a certain part of New York, you can go 20, 40, 60, 80, 120. Wait a minute, 20, 40, 60, 80. It, you, you see four, but it looks like there's a whole lot more. 20, 40, 60, 81. It looks like I have a lot more money. And I, if I was a real magician, if I was a fantastic magician, I could do exactly what you were probably thinking in your mind is, hey, if he's any good, can he turn those into hundreds? <laughs> Ask and you shall receive. <laughs> oh my God. What the heck? By the yeah. way, I was staring so hard. Yeah, I'm me like, too. I'm like, I'm going like, to catch I'm it. Gonna be I'm going like, to catch it. I'm going to be able to see it. I'm like, <laughs> I'm staring at your little, I mean, it's a little Zoom box on my screen. I probably should have made it bigger. That was incredible. I loved it. Oh my God. I love that. I, I can't explain how much I love. All good in the hood. I love magic. That would be appropriate when I went shopping. Yeah, I'm like, can I have the hundreds? Walk in so with some ones. Situations. So Bring many Sean situations. Bring Sean with me and yeah. up with some hundreds. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, can you make my dollars into hundreds? Um, Sean, this was such a pleasure. What I, I just knew, I, I just have to say one more time, when I saw your application and then we had our chat, I just had this gut intuition. I always say Marissa really is our, our intuitive mind and I'm more practical and focused and Pisces, uh, as we talked about. Um I just had this gut intuition that you'd be a wonderful guest and I was right. And this was such a joy to have you here tonight and talk through a little bit of this. And I think I hate to say it and sorry to our 70 something other guests, probably one of our more unique guests um, in that just as far as your career path has gone. And I think it's so inspiring to see somebody who, you know, as you're talking to two other artists in different areas, Marissa and I both are just always had wanted to make a living doing I guess what you would call a hobby in our lives, right? I wanted to be a dancer growing up. Marissa wanted to be in broadcasting and then she wrote children's books and we've always been dreamers that way. And to watch somebody who had a dream like you at 12 actually follow and create your own destiny that way is really incredible. And you should be so proud. And I hopefully, I know you've been on other podcasts and you have your own, but hopefully something tonight was cathartic in some way for you too, to talk about your journey um, and you know, I think it'll really inspire our, our listeners. And it was just so awesome to have you here tonight. Yes. Thank you. How much do I owe you for that session? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, let's talk I, I about saw the hundreds. Back. hundreds, hundreds. I saw the hundreds. Yeah. And I just wanted to just shout out quickly Ming Chen and his team at chair universe who does our sound. Um, and yes. just quickly wanted to mention our sponsor tonight, which we'll talk about. Um, or you'll see on our social media, but is Gigi's Pizza. It's our favorite place down here in Monmouth County where we live in New Jersey. Um, but I just wanted to shout it out quickly because I put this on our on our flyer, but I just need to say one thing about them. There is a YouTuber, a YouTuber speaking of people that are making magic in new ways, YouTube and these YouTubers are creating worlds for themselves that are unlike, and you as a gamer or, you know, when you were younger on comp, now it's obviously on, on iPads, but 
there is YouTube, this YouTuber named Mr. Beast that is humongous in this world. And John, you know created, what? Do you have you heard of Mr. Beast? Do you know who that have is? I heard of him. I built a I built the giant penny that was in the video when Brian Trahan gave it to him cross country. Oh my God! That no way! Big copper penny. They that I was the guy that made it for their team. Stop! Oh my God! That's so funny that I just said that. Then um, again, I have a video on my YouTube channel for those who are interested. I broke it down how I made the Mr. Beast penny. Oh my God! I love that. I can't wait to see that. Um, so Mr. Beast, the kids are obsessed. Yeah, I would probably like that, Jamie. Uh huh. Actually, yeah, my both my kids would like that. I have a seven and ten year old boy, so they would love that. Um, and <laughs> they're obsessed with Mr. Beast and obsessed with Mr. with Beast Burger, which is as we now know, his, he has an actual brick and mortar, which is here in New Jersey and American dream mall. Um, but he had this genius concept. Speaking of dream crush, he had this dreamiest genius concept to bring beast burger all over the country by creating these virtual franchises, if you will, in that pizzerias and delis and bodegas around the country can actually prepare and package and deliver Mr. Beast burger from their kitchen. So you can go on Mr. Beast's website and order a burger and fries and it comes to your home and it looks like it came from him and it actually was prepared by your local pizzeria and they get a cut and he gets a cut and no one has to pay overhead. So our friends and and colleagues um, and partners at Gigi's just started doing Mr. Beast burger out of their um they have three locations here in Monmouth County and you can order Mr. Beast Burger from them. It's not Mr. Beast Burger. It's Beast Burger, um, I think. Um, and people are obsessing over it because they're schlepping to the malls all over the place to try to get this burger when you can actually order it to your home. So I thought that was pretty magical too. So I thought it was an appropriate awesome. sponsor. So thank you to Gigi's. Um, thank you to Ming. Thank you, Sean. This was such a pleasure. Anything you want to just shout out? What is your... Thank you to your mom. Yeah. Thanks to your Sean's mom for all the support and love. She would appreciate Um, that. Yeah, I'm sure she would. So just quickly, what is your website and and Instagram handle and anything else you wanted to shout out before we wrap? Everywhere at S-H-A-U-N-J-A-Y magic, seanjmagic.com. I'm on all social media at seanjmagic. If you want to learn about my, how I make uh, dreams into reality in the 3D world, it's utility gaffs dot com g-a-f-f-s utilitygaffs.com it's a weird name but for those that know you know and once you know now you know mm-hmm. if you don't know now you know um well thank you sean thank you for being here thank you ming i think we're all done thanks for listening thank you sean. Good night, guys Good night. can you believe how easy and fun our birthday dinner was for mom i'm i like literally i'm still not over it and it was like over a month ago um, 12 of us for dinner no plan didn't know what we were going to do. Middle of the summer. By the way, anyone that lives in our area knows how hard it is to go to dinner in the summer around here. Especially with a big group. So our friends over at Gigi's, for those of you that don't know, are actually friends of mine from growing up. And this is their third location in Long Branch. They have a location in Seabright, a location in Oceanport, and now a location in Long Branch. The best pizza, Italian, pizza place, Fine food. dining. Fine dining experience, but in a casual way. Yeah, and now their new Long Branch location has tables and chairs and a chalkboard wall wall for the kids to draw on while you're eating, BYO. It's awesome, and the food is solid, and we are very particular with our Italian. Yeah, and their staff takes such good care of you. They really are the best. Such good personalities. And they'll deliver. They'll deliver straight to the beach club, straight to your house. Not a birthday party they don't slay. It's so true, and you can check them out on the Slice app. 
Um, or you can check them out on Instagram at Gigi's NY Style Pizza or their website, Gigi's NY Style Pizza.com. What's your favorite? Probably the money pie. Yep, it's true. Money Great. pie is like solid. Arugula, fig, goat cheese. It's bananas. Actually, we did have something really good like recently that was like General So's chicken. And also top. my little one, our little ones love the Nutella dessert pizza. And the meatballs. Oh, yeah, the meatballs. Oh, my God. So I good. do forget. And that's why they're our brand crush. Check them out. Dreamcatchers approved. Want more from the Dreamcatchers? Check us out. www.thedreamcatchers.life. In the spring of 2020, we launched the Dreamcatchers Web, an inclusive professional membership network dedicated to cultivating community and providing content about career inspiration and making magic. Are you a dream maker looking to inspire or a dream chaser looking for inspiration? Either way, join us today. A portion of our proceeds will benefit the Mental Health Association of Monmouth County because now more than ever, we need to bring light to the darkness. Thank you in advance for helping us lead with light.